So now, when Haman wanted to make his nasty Zeta, even these Rishoyim, where they were, these going were Rishoyim, and even though they served Gechkes, they really knew Hashem was in charge. So he's thinking, how can I make it that Hashem will let me Hashem destroy the Yidin? First he tried, he wanted that the Yidin should do a Vedas. Maybe that'll help, that maybe they should get punished. And then he made like a raffle on the months, which was very interesting. Because he made like the raffle, and it came to month of Nisan, and he said, no, 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 I can't do a Chedesh Nisan. In Nisan, the Yidin have a lot of mitzvahs. And they have special schos and merits that protect them. They brought the carbon Pesach. Let me try it again. So imagine if I'm doing a raffle and I'm picking out a raffle ticket. Let's see who's going to win by the raffle. Pick out this boy. No, no, you didn't behave today. No, someone else. This one. No, 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 not you. And I, oh, okay, fine. This boy, this one can win. That's not a raffle. What is he doing here? He did the raffle. It came to Nissan. No. Ear, no. All different months. He said, an ear, Shem saved the Yidin from a mullet. And Sivin, the Yidin took the, got the tater. So Hashem's not going to let him be destroyed. Went through all the months. Either they had a big mitzvah that month, or when months that something bad happened, the base mikdash was destroyed, he thought, you know, maybe Hashem won't let him get punished twice in the same month. Until it finally came to the month of the other, and he said, oh, this is a good month. The raffle fell in the month of the other. Now I can do it. The gaito, the, the, the lottery. So now I could do it. Because other, he didn't see any special mitzvahs. And he said, also, Moshe, their, their, their leader died in this month, so I can get them. So why didn't you just pick the month? Why did you have to make a, a raffle? So there's many explanations, there's deep explanations in Chassidus, that he was trying to get Hashem to agree to let him destroy the Yidin. And he knew that even if he gets the Yidin to do Avedas, and he's going to, so to speak, uh, be a little bit of a good boy, whatever it is, I don't know what, however much you can imagine, he knows Hashem loves the Yidin more than and the Yidin are much better than everyone else. So he's trying to do a trick and like trying to see if he can get Hashem to agree. You'll learn later about this when you get older, but there's many deep things. Haman was very smart. He's trying to see if I can get Hashem to agree with me to punish the Yidin. That's why he was doing it. But it says in the Gemara that Haman, he knew that Moshe passed away. He didn't realize Moshe was also born in the month of Adar. Or he didn't realize the Koyach, how powerful it was Moshe's birthday. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in Chodesh Adar was so powerful and gave us such a strength to the Yidin that it had enough Koyach to overcome the negative thing, the bad thing that Moshe passed away. And it made the whole month strong. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is like the whole Yidin. The Nasi of the generation, the leader of the generation, is like all the Yidin. Everyone has in him a part of the, the Nisham of the Moshe Rabbeinu, of the, the Nasi, the Rebbe there. And also the Rebbe has in him from all the Yidin. So his birthday is like all the Yidin's birthday. So Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday made the, all the Yidin strong in that month so much that it was able to overcome all of Haman's plans more than Haman could imagine how strong Yidin power Yidin have. Also the Mazel of Chodesh Adar is a fish. And Haman was thinking that maybe because the Mazel, I also can get them. That's for a little later also. Haman picked what day of the month to do it, again with a raffle, and he said, no, this day I want. He picked the 13th day of Adar, because he figured that that's like the last day of Shiva for Moshe Rabbeinu. When someone has passed away, you sit Shiva for seven days and you're sad about them. That's the last day. So if it's such a sad day, the last day of Shiva, maybe then I can get them. And Haman had full permission from the king, do whatever you want, he gave him his ring. And Haman started making a lot of decrees. He made also the decree 
that any guy is going to help hide a yid or kill a muscle, so no one should help them. He made the decree that in every single country, from Achashvedesh, which was, he ruled over 127 countries, basically almost the whole world. They're all going to be killed in one day, so they can't escape somewhere else. And he wanted to make sure that you didn't, shouldn't have mitzvahs to protect them, and they should, when, they, if, when, they, when they die, they shouldn't go up to Elam Haba. So he made decrees that they're not allowed to, to stop keeping mitzvahs. He said, you're not allowed to run anymore, you can't do a bit of smila, can't wear tefillin, can't do yamtiv. And a lot of people say that if the Yidin were a chasasham shmanzich, if the Yidin would say, okay, we'll be a goy, Ham would say, okay, fine, you want to be a goy, go to the Getchkes, I'll let you live. But no Yid even <coughs> thought, maybe chasasham should try to be a goy. Even to save their life, no one said, no way. If, we're gonna die, if we die, that's it, we have to say Yidin, no matter what. It's not worth it to chasasham. No one thought, maybe chasasham be a goy, no one thought about that. So the Yidin, not only they were proud and said Yidin, they were Davant Hashem, they had Mesidus Nefesh to do mitzvahs, to learn Torah. Because Haman also made a decree, you're not allowed to learn Torah, you're not allowed to do mitzvahs. And we know also that he gathered together, Mordechai gathered together 22,000 children, they're learning Torah. And up in Shemaim, the decree was written up in Shemaim, Tachasham, all the didn't want to get punished, because of different Vedas the Yidin did. One is because they bowed to a Geshe in the times of Nebuchadnezzar, and other Vedas. So, when I came up to Shemaim, the voice, the sounds of all the young children learning Torah and dominating to Hashem, Hashem said, what's the sound of these young, like, sheep? You know, the, 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 you know, the special children. And because the children dominating to Hashem, the pure children, that destroyed the Gzeda up in Shemaim and it ripped it up. Now, once in Shemaim, the Gzeda is gone, so down here, everything's going to be fine. Everything starts in the way it's in Shemaim. In fact... When they heard about the Gzeda, how this Prime Minister, Haman in the palace, so what do you think to do? Well, let's think. We have Mordechai, he's an advisor. Esther's the queen. So have them go talk to the king. Say, yeah, bad idea, to get rid of it. No, 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 no. The first thing they did is they made everyone fast and cry and daven and everyone learned Taira and, 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 and everything like that. And Esther, she didn't run to the king right away. She said, I'm going to fast for three days first. Because they knew that whatever the king says down here, as a foolish king, he said, okay, go destroy it. Okay, then we don't. He was a fool. It wasn't him. It's what comes from Shemaim, what comes from above. So they made special fasting. They weren't davening, didn't tshuva. The night of the su'uda that Esther made with Haman and was the first one of the first night of Pesach. And she asked Mordechai, everyone should fast for me. And I go to the king, and you know, I've been down with me, it should work. So, even though it's Pesach, it was a mitzvah to eat matzah, they said, no one's going to eat matzah, no one's going to eat any food, only fasting. It's better we should lose the mitzvah of matzah for one year, than lose it forever. Because if chas you didn't get destroyed, there's no more you eating matzah. So everybody fasted, and Esther made sure there should be two sudas. Everybody thought, everybody heard Esther going to the king. Okay, so tonight by the sudas, She'll tell the king, eh, stop it, don't do the gzeda. Right? She didn't. She told the king, come back tomorrow for another su'udah. So why does she do that? There's many reasons why she said come back tomorrow, she didn't do it right away. Some of the reasons, one is because the Yidin were like a little bit trusting in her. Oh, Esther's going to go to the king, she'll take care of it, and we'll be fine. 
So they were they weren't davening maybe with a whole heart. They kind of trusted Esther a little bit. Once they heard nothing happened with Esther, she didn't help. She said, "Come back for another suda, even another meal." I said, "Oh no, we can't trust Esther." So you only could trust in Hashem if you daven to Hashem really. That's what Esther wanted because it's only going to help if you really daven to Hashem. Another reason is Esther wanted Achashverosh to be suspicious, to be wonder why is Esther inviting Haman to these meals? One minute. She's my queen. So who should the queen want to be with, hang out with? Me, her husband, the king. Why does she want Haman to come also? Does she like him? Are they planning like to kill me maybe? To kill the king and, and make Haman the king and Esther will be queen to him instead of me? What's that? Why does she like, why does she want, why would she want him to come? And he was getting very like worried. There were other reasons also that Haman the Russia, he, got like more and more powerful and greater and greater and rich and everything. As soon as he got to his tippity tippity top, he got everything he wanted, right away he started going down. When he left the first Sauda, and Esther said, My one request I have from the king is please come you and Haman tomorrow back to another mule. Haman was so happy. He left and now he is like he's equal to the king. The queen said, I want the king and Haman to come. Both of you come. So I was like, ah, oh, see who did the queen want? The king and me. So I'm just like as powerful as the king. So he left so happy. Not only is he so rich and most powerful, everything, he's just like the king. And for sure he wanted to be king also. He would love to kill Ahasuerus and become king himself. So he left. It says, And then right then, he saw Mordechai, who went about him, and all his good mood Boom, went flying out, and he's full of anger. That Mordechai doesn't bow to me, I'm going to show him. And he couldn't wait. He said, I'm not going to wait until the time comes to Chashom get all the Yidin. I need to get rid of Mordechai right now. So he ran home to his house, and he was asking his wife and his advisors how we get rid of them. And they said, make a, a beam of wood, you know, very high, 50 amas high. And this also is explaining to Chassidus why he did 50 amas high. Again, he was very smart, and even though he knew no Mordechai was a tzaddik, and he was the opposite, he wanted to try to find a way that maybe Hashem will let him to, to hurt a tzaddik. So he had to do a whole trick, which the end didn't work out for him. In fact, when he was building the, the gallow, and he wanted to, he took the rope, he wanted to see if it fits well, he tried it, you know, put the, the, the rope on himself, see, oh, it works, fits for a person. And Hashem said, oh, it's perfect for you. Haman, it's perfect just for you. So that night, Haman was so excited, he made the gallows. And I'm going to come tomorrow morning, ask the king to put Mordechai on it. And he couldn't sleep. He was too excited. He wants to do it right away. I can't wait till tomorrow morning. So he came in the middle of the night to talk to the king. And that night, the king couldn't fall asleep. He was worried, why did Esther want Haman to come to the Suda? Did... Are they planning something against me? To kill me, maybe? The king is always worried about that. So, one second. If there's a plan against me, somebody has to know. And how come nobody told me? Did I... Do people not like me? Did I do some... Did someone do me a favor that I didn't pay them back? I didn't reward them, so therefore they're angry at me? Someone, they're not telling me about a secret plan? So he asked someone... Read me, read me my books. You know, my storybooks, yeah? Of what happened in my palace, different things, my, my, my country. So the person there 
who was reading the story, it wasn't a Jewish bedtime story. It wasn't a good storyteller. It was Haman's son. And he opened it up. And the story, how Mordechai saved the king, he didn't want to read it. So, so he kept on trying to turn the pages, find something else. But a malach came and made sure it always be that story. Until the king said, no, read already. Tell me a story. Tell me. So either he was forced to read it or a malach came and read it. Different opinions what happened. And he said, aha, so Mordechai saved my life. Did I say, did I reward him? And they said, no. Oh, so maybe that's the person I didn't reward. I need to reward him. And just then, Haman came and asked to ask that, that Mordechai should be killed. Perfect timing, right? Not only that, it's also explained as a medrash that he had a dream, like Haman's about to come kill him, and he woke up, and then, ah, uh, Haman's here. Wait a minute, Haman's here. What's he here for? And he asked Haman, what should we do with a person the king wants to honor? Haman thought it was him. He said, you need to give him a royal horse, the royal crown, and he saw that Ahasuerus got angry when he said the royal crown, because a royal crown only the king wears. So he's thinking, oh, he wants my crown. He thinks it's him. He wants to wear my royal crown. So Haman saw the king got angry. So next time, oh, he didn't mention the crown anymore. So Ahasuerus said, fine, so go do it to Mordechai. So there's no arguing with the king or else he got killed, and he was forced to do it. And he had to go take Mordechai. Mordechai was with fasting with all the children. And he thought that Haman was going to come to kill them. And they said, no. He said, what are you learning about? They said, we're learning about a carbon, a little bit of barley that we bring in the base of Mikdash. So Haman said to hold Mordechai, your little bit of barley you bring to the Hashem in the base of Mikdash outweighed my 10,000 silver coins that I offered the king. Meaning, Haman realized that Mordechai is outpowering him. Hashem's not letting him win. And they told him that you start to fall in front of the Yidin, that's it, Haman, you're finished. When Haman took Mordechai through the streets, so his daughter saw them going, she saw her father, thought that was Mordechai, so she dumped a whole bunch of garbage on his head. Then Haman looked up, and she saw, <gasps> she dumped all the garbage on her father's head, she was so shocked and embarrassed, that she like jumped off the roof where she was, and she fell down and she died. And as Haman came back home, Although he was mourning for his daughter that died. And she was all embarrassed and smelly. And it's just something interesting, a little hint. When it says the names of the ten sons of Haman that were killed in the Megillah, most letters are regular size. Sometimes you have a letter which is bigger in the Torah. Some letters are smaller. In the Megillah, there are three letters that are small when it comes to ten sons of Haman. And it says, Toph. Shin Zayin. Just the interesting thing, many years later, about like 70, 80 years ago, in the year Tav Shin Zayin, we know there were people who were like a Haman, the Nazis in Mahshimam, and finally they were destroyed, and they were getting punished a lot of them. They had a big trial, like a, a court case against them, against 11 of these big Rishayim, who were like Haman people. And... The night before, they were supposed to be hung. The night before, one of them, these big Yerushalayim, killed himself. And then ten of them were hung. And that was the Yertuf Shinzayim. So Haman had ten sons who were hung. And one of them, his daughter, she killed herself. She jumped off the roof. Just like, kind of like the Yertuf Shinzayim. It's like, it seems like a little hint in the Megillah for another miracle that happened. So now, it doesn't say Hashem's name even once in the whole Megillah. Because Hashem was hiding himself in the story of Purim. You didn't see open miracles like the Yamsu splitting open, 
but it's a lesson for us that behind everything in the whole world, really it's Hashem just hiding His face. And very soon Mashiach is going to come, and we're going to see Hashem's here in every single thing part in the whole entire world.